The podcast you're about to listen to is part of the Professional Casual Network. To find more podcasts like this, please check out professionalcasual.com. Uh, yeah, I'll have a large extra butter popcorn and she'll have snow caps? Really? Snow caps? They taste like cardboard. Okay. Come along, it's time for you to So I don't want to be so close to this microphone right now. Well, then don't. It's fine. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and squirrels, you thought I wasn't going to be here. You said to yourself, "I'm not. I'm not tuning in this episode because Chuck's not going to be." Well, yeah. I'm. I'm not going to let down the rundownians. You know what I mean? Like here I am. I am Chuck. Welcome. So the comic book rundown presents rundown reviews. I haven't actually figured out what we're actually calling this thing. Like, we're gonna what figure is it out. The so we're gonna have a whole year of this. I mean, it's called rundown reviews. Rundown but, reviews brought uh, to you by the comic book rundown. Sure, we can go with that. Okay. I list. I was probably not gonna make it this week, but then you he were like, close. "Oh, well, we're covering Daredevil," and I was like. That's like my favorite movie. This is my ninth. <laughs> going back and watching this, this is my '89 Batman. I realized, dude, this movie was awesome. It's and it's the it director's cut was right? so much better. It is, but it isn't. Like, there's a lot to digest. Sure, there's some excited. bad. And my play but, weird uh, workout yeah. is still in my veins. So, yeah, I'm. Hooked. Um, <laughs> But I, I of course, am the guy who is just giddy to be here. And I'm Chuck, and I'm joined once again by the CEO and Chief Supreme Ruler and Reptilian Overlord, Professional Casual Network, Joey. That's me. And his heightened awareness nips. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's Nothing that's his that. superpower. He, he that's why he keeps are... the uh, name bar right across his chest so you can't uh-huh. see his nip poking out. Right. Yep. Exactly. That's, that's how I do it. I do and, it right. of course... The the only person that we actually care about actually being here, Ron. Hey everybody. Ronald. So so yeah, we watched Daredevil from 2003. Well, you guys watched I know Ron, you only watched the theatrical cut. Chuck, which Correct. version did you watch? I really wanted to watch the director cut, but I couldn't I just couldn't justify and afford the fifteen dollars. And I couldn't find it on Daily Motion, um, like for free. So I just watched the normal theatrical version, but I am curious to hear because I've always heard it's different and it's actually better than the theatrical cut. I, I will, I'll give you this. Like when I did my rankings, I ranked it a point higher uh, because I actually like the story of the director's cut better. Uh, is it, is it still the greatest? No, it's, there's still some flaws, but they do explain some stuff. Uh, that I had questioned watching the theatrical cut. And uh, I will get into some of the differences. They actually did a nice little breakdown over on IMDb talking about that. But yeah, because I'd watched both. I'd watched the regular cut, the theatrical cut earlier in the week, and I watched director's cut literally just like yesterday. If you're ever wondering why you should go over to patreon.com slash professional casual and, and give us $3 and one cent, it's it's to support Joey having to watch uh, the same movie twice. See, Joey uh, likes to do that, it. though. L- listen, they don't need to know that. They don't need to be informed of that. 
Don't tell them that. I still think we should be uh, recording Chuck eating food and uh, putting that up on the uh, Patreon, but, you know. I agree with that, too. I mean, think about all of the, uh, you know, uh, uh, Elite Eight Showdown fans that would. Yeah. Yeah. Jordan would bring this back. He would bring back Wreck My Podcast uh, just so he could rant about how much he loves it. Uh, I mean... We're going to have Jordan on in a couple weeks talking about Star Wars, so you can bring it up to him then. I can't wait. I'm so excited. <laughs> it'll be I, fun. I like, it'll be I'm fun. like, I get excited uh, when uh, when we, we're going to talk about Star Wars, and then you're like, oh, Jordan's coming on. I'm like, oh, four-man booth with Jordan? This is going to be brutal. It's going to be the worst. <laughs> and I know he doesn't listen to this show when he's not on it, so it's just like, I, I'm just going to talk shit the entire time and then pretend like See, I never said anything. You say that, <laughs> but he's the one that brought up doing uh, Star Wars year round, which means he does listen to the show because we talked about it on an episode like a month and a half ago. Yeah, I feel and like he was on it really talked when we talked about it. No. Mukbang. Mukbang. That was the word I was trying to... That's Mukbang is the thing that YouTubers do when they order like $1,000 worth of food and then record themselves eating it all. There was like one YouTuber that specifically did it back in the. I just couldn't remember what it was called. I knew it was something gotcha. bang, mukbang. Um, All right, well, let's get let's get into yeah. this movie and not talk about mukbang because that just sounds. I disagree. This is kind of the mukbang of the uh, of the uh, Marvel universe at this time. I would argue. You think so? It's really interesting, really fascinating, but it's a little hard to watch. <laughs> yeah. I can agree with that. I, like, yeah, there, I don't know, I'd argue most of the episodes were pretty are. awesome. Uh what the hell in the early nineties was Marvel or early two thousands was Marvel's obsession with the like internal like body changes? Like uh in X-Men, the beginning of X-Men, they had like the exploding like uh like cells like going through evolution. In Spider-Man, they had the you know the spider bite the spider like bite. changing his internal stuff. In this I they had even, the we're gonna get we're gonna get into hulk and i think they did something similar in that as well it was like their fucking shtick for doing uh the beginning credits i think it was their way of showing hey um you're watching a special movie i don't know i don't fucking know it's they're dumb back then i feel like they probably run by fox and sony technology that's possible like, too. Yeah, it's just like, oh, we have this, we have this way of like shooting this like CGI'd like event, and we have to, we have to get across in, in visual, not in no. Style, what it is not, is they spent the money dialogue. on it. They spent the money on it for uh, X Men, and then they just had to use it for everything else to get their money's worth out of it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I always think about Vertical Limit. I don't know if you guys ever remember that movie. I think it was called Vertical Limit. It was a movie about them trying to climb a mountain in like a snowstorm or an avalanche or something. That was with uh, Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze, right? No, that's Point Break. Oh, uh, was it the okay. one that's with was, uh, Sylvester Stallone and uh... Over the Edge? No, 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 uh, Cliffhanger. <laughs> oh, Cliffhanger! Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, over, over the Edge. No, Over the Edge is the arm wrestling one. Yeah, the trucker no. arm wrestling competition. Yeah, there's nothing that I remember from this movie other than it was in 2002. It was when technology of like CGI stuff was like 
the was it 2003? 2003. Yeah. Vertical limit? I think oh no, Joe no. was talking about Daredevil. Daredevil. Oh, sorry. No, I mean it was this era, Vertical right? Limit. Where gotcha. like we had this gotcha. like boom of like, oh, we can just do anything with computer generated stuff. Yeah, which we've and talked they, about numerous every times. animal that was in the movie was computer generated. So it was like an opening scene was like a, a hawk. And it was a very it, like looking back at it, it it does not pass the spawn kid continuum. Let's just put it that way. Um, <laughs> and so, like, I feel like we are in that era of just like we have the technology for this. Let's just do it and just like because it's going to make it look cooler now. And I think we can all kind of agree that like practical effects stand the test of time. Yeah. So far, that. everything that we've been through, the practical effects are the ones that are actually the uh, like mm-hmm. Still money shots. And realistically, there's actually a lot of practical effects in this movie. There's very little um, like CGI'd stuff for the most part, uh, minus like a few things. But if there is CGI'd stuff, it's like both right it's like incorporated and they kind of hide the cgi stuff like we'll get into it as we go through the scenes but i just remember thinking to myself this movie okay i remember in this movie in the theaters i went with a bunch of friends who loved comic books i remember walking out and thinking i'm going to this is the movie that i say i'm going to love more than anything in the world because it just was like all the cool shit was really cool and the stuff I hated I'm going to pretend like didn't exist. Um so we can kind of get into it and I'll start dissecting how 10 degrees from perfect this movie is for me. Uh so one thing I did like about this talk about CGI the special effects is how they did his radar vision. Mm-hmm. Um be- only because it was nothing that we've seen before. Now it's been improved upon. Obviously, I, I know the Daredevil TV show has done a better job at it. Uh, I don't think it's ever like this in depth. But um, Batman, for what we were given, yeah, Batman's done it. Yeah, yeah, Batman um, does it later but what on. We, that was good. Yeah, and so what we've done, what we did here, was a nice little stepping stone for you know the future. Um, I also want to point out that the majority of this movie is a backstory. You know, yeah. Yeah. It felt like they were trying to set up for a second one. Like, like they knew that they like, were. Yeah. And it's a shame that we didn't get there because I think it would have been really cool where it was going to go. I mean, I we mean, got Electra sequel. Yeah. With Electra. That's a um, spinoff. It wasn't a sequel. It's well, dead devil shows up in director's cut. That's good to know. Uh, I'm a little... I I, I do have to say, though, uh, in in both this and the Electra movie, I am a little disappointed they didn't go with her uh, comic costume. Instead of just... They do in the movie. No, they don't. They don't. They kind of stick have you have term. you never seen a uh, real quick look I've up? I've never seen it. I've never seen the Electra movie. Ooh, I, you're I in don't. For a treat. So very legitimately, I don't like. What's this girl's name? Uh, Jennifer Garner. Gardner. I want to say Jennifer Lawrence, and I knew that wasn't her. I was not a Jennifer Gardner fan. I didn't get it. Okay. I don't think that she's a good Electra in this movie. Um, they kind of like really like mute her in this. Of being like how dope 
in badass. I mean, as per usual in this era of writing women in uh, movies that are pertaining around comic books, they have to like make her a chump when she was like a complete badass. So earlier on, yeah, yeah, because yeah, you got you got you got yeah. you got you got to meet the mainstream like expectations, right? We can't actually do a good comic book story, so. Well, the, the problem is, though, Electra was always only a character made specifically for this moment in Daredevil, where right. she comes in, she becomes, like, romantically involved with Matt and Daredevil, and then gets killed off by Bullseye. She right. was never supposed to come back. She was literally supposed to be a one-note character. But then comics were like, hey, this character is popular. We want to bring her back somehow. And they do, sort of. There's a whole scrawl thing involved. I don't know. Um. Yeah. So, well, she died and then came back, right? Like, isn't that that's like, what I'm saying? She, she was part of the like, hand at one she, point. But that was expanding on the story. When Frank yeah. Miller originally created her, it right. was to be a sacrificial lamb, right? Because that's what it was in the 80s. You know, that's right. just or 90s. And she's like, she is Daredevil now. That's like the whole current game. Currently, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if that. At the time of recording, that's the current. I don't know if it's still going to be a time of release. I haven't actually been paying too much they attention. Reboot to a book every, I like, think he's coming back. Well, I mean, he's obviously coming back at some point, but um, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, so my well, we have the opening scene right where it's it's uh, we find out that you gotta you gotta kill off a, a parent, right? And it's both parents, it, actually. Yeah, that's true. Both well, parents the other ones are dead. Yeah. Um, and it has to be a situation where it's like, gotta you gotta like live up. You, you gotta you gotta live by your own by your own and do the right thing. It, we can't. He can't take a dive and support his family, and get paid a shit ton of money. Uh, no, he has to like die on his principles, which is fucking stupid. Um. And like, as per usual, I am a long believer in saying never follow a code of anything. Just that sounds like a code to follow you the most money. That sounds like a code to follow. I mean, it, yeah, I guess like the hypocrisy <laughs> of it is kind of there, but but it's the best code to live by because money is fucking rad. OK, and most of the time doesn't get you killed. Mm, usually i don't know yeah i'm pretty sure that the reason that uh jack got killed is because he lost somebody a lot of money right mm. it, it, that's a gain that's a gain for other people but a loss for him and, but, and the person that he was supposed to be in business with so did you guys notice uh on the marquee for the fight like the live tonight fight you know uh everybody's names on there all the fighters names on there were comic book artists and writers there's most of the side characters in this thing were artists, writers. Yeah, Could, like Jack Kirby and Daredevil. Yeah, yeah. Uh, somebody connected to Daredevil mythology, like create creatives. I guess. Yeah, uh, the guy because, that like, the guy that Bullseye kills to get the motorcycle that was Frank Miller. Like that was <laughs> actually Frank Miller that he <laughs> had a pen in, um, which was kind of fun. So yeah, no, I, I I do like it when they do that. Those are like fun little cameos that I appreciate. Obviously, you had the Stan Lee cameo. Always. At this time, that's a given, you know? Yeah. 
you see other cameos like Kevin Smith is a cameo in here. Yep. Jack Kirby, like you said. Uh, I just mentioned Frank Miller showing up for that one little scene. Apparently, the girl on the uh, answer machine that Matt uh, listens to in the very in the very beginning was Colin Farrell's sister. She did the voice. She did the voice of that answer machine girl. And apparently, Is she, she was also, I I don't know. She apparently was also at the bar that I didn't couldn't pick her out. So. Mm. I will say they did a really good job of like finding a um, actor at the age of 12 to look exactly like Ben Affleck. If he was a kid, mainly because they gave him the same shitty 2003 haircut. Uh, <laughs> and that was the only thing that like carried over that in the glasses. Well, so. yeah. Cause as soon as you put the glasses on, you lose half the face, which by yeah. the way, that toxic spill that that fork truck hit that thing open and all that, damaged Matt was his eyes. Come on. His whole face should have been mutated. Now, see, what happened was the the fork... The the fork sprayed the liquid into his eyes only. Just a one direct shot into the eyes? Yeah, Yeah, you know, like, when... You know, like when you go to throw something in like a tank at work and like it plops out there and just that one splash ends up on your face, like it misses your safety glasses, it misses the mask that you're wearing, and the acetone just hits like right on your cheek. <laughs> no. Um, in the opening scene, though, uh, I, I will say that uh, it, it, it only took me to 2023. I was today years old when I figured out that his dad wasn't Meatloaf. And I have always thought his dad was Meatloaf. Uh, it's not. It's David Keith, who uh, is famously known as uh, Navy pilot Sid Worley uh, from An Officer and a Gentleman. That's okay. about it. Very nice. Man of Honor. He did a lot of military movies behind enemy lines. Major League. Okay, two. so we were talking uh, about. Um, I remember Major League Two. I do remember that was. I really like that movie. Yeah. Uh, um, like cameo esque things, but we never talk about Kate how Hunter. much. Huh? Jason Voorhees was in this. Jason Voorhees was in this one too. But we never actually talk about how much Happy is in comic book movies. Oh, John Favreau. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, John Which... Favreau. I would love them to because now it's all in the same universe, right? Like, or it's all by the same company. It's working there. Yes. I would love them to to tease the idea that John Favreau is actually like a scroll the whole time, or or something like something stupid like that, or he is like, um, oh my god, if he was like uh, the Watcher the whole time, he's <laughs> disguising himself. To have I mean, these, that, like the, key components, oh my! That would be. There's got to be a character like that, right? That was actually Stan Lee, according to Guards of the Galaxy Two. Um, okay, because he was Dumb. he was sitting there with the Watchers, telling stories of him, his cameos in other movies. It's Loki. It's Loki the whole time, and they go back and they reshoot all of this stuff, and then they just like <laughs> as it as he's walking out, it's John Favreau, and he turns into the actor from Loki, and, and like, oh, that would be so John good. Hilton. That'd be kind of cool. So I do like, I did like the this past season of Loki. That was amazing. Um, I have not watched it yet. I kind of forgot it. It's existed. so good. Listen, I'm it's, watching like a bunch of other stuff, done. and then the strike and everything. So like, I'm getting caught up That's on fair. the boys and Invincible or Gen V, whatever it was. Uh, Gen V, yeah, which is also good, is and Invincible, good. which is also good. Which at the time of release. Uh, the second half of Invincible has started coming out. So, 
good. When does this release? January 5th. This is our first episode of the new year. Okay, so I still won't be able to watch. uh... Actually, I take that back. So Charlie comes back uh, around Christmas for about a week. Simon, you mean? Or Simon. Yeah, that's what I said. How dare you? Charlie's my oldest kid, all right? Yeah. (laughs) And then Chuck's my oldest, oldest kid. (laughs) Hi, son. (laughs) That's right. You remember that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you remember who you called daddy. Oh, yeah, you, anyway. yeah, you owe me five bucks. Give me my money. <laughs> Look, Give I'll be back hair. after I get my mil- milk and cigarettes, okay? Oh, no, not again. <laughs> <laughs> but Simon will be back, so I might actually get him to binge watch some shit with me so I can actually catch up. I mean, you could, yeah, yeah, you got a week. Whole week. Um, be like, yep, yeah, sorry, work. I'm calling off because uh, I got to catch up some TV shows with my son. <laughs> I'm sure they'd be okay with that. Uh yeah, so you were talking about uh what were we talking about? Uh Star the Wars fact movie. that those three kids were picking on a blind kid. Like I get them picking uh, on him at the beginning. Sh- I'm also pretty sure they didn't uh change their no, that clothes. Was, that was, a, that was the correct that was the correct uh thing for that for that era. I remember being a kid and watching kids bully the disabled kids like a lot at my school. So that's yeah, no, that's that's pretty on par. <sighs> Kids are fucking monsters. Yeah, they are. Yes, they are. Um, yeah, I like them. I beat them up. Let's see here. So, $10, listen, ten dollars and half meatball sub. If you have a kid that you need to crack kicked out of, you come call me. All right. <laughs> allegedly, 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 I would do that. Good, good answer there. Allegedly, there's a dude in Oneonta. Oh, <laughs> yep. Come find me. Um, all right. So I will I will say this though, comparing the theatrical cut to the director's cut, uh, the point where where uh, Matt is going to try to find his dad, like in the theatrical cut, he he sees his dad beating up the uh, the one guy after he had already told him he's not working for Fallon, and then he like runs away and a report card because he'd been working hard report card falls on the ground. And I'm like, where the fuck did that report card come from? It didn't come from anywhere. In the director's cut, he is going to the work site, ask the foreman, hey, is, is, is Jack Murdoch around? He's like, Jack Murdoch? He hasn't worked here for months. And then he, he with his report card in hand, throws it down. So, you know, he's a typical New Yorker just littering everywhere. And then runs off and finds his dad in the alley and runs away from there. Um, I know it's just it's a tiny little thing, but for wow. me, that report card showing up in the theatrical cut made no sense. Maybe he was I, holding it in his hand the whole time, getting ready to show it to his dad. He wasn't. That's yes, that's the plan. He was in the director's cut. He gotcha. wasn't in the regular. Well, see, that's what happens when uh, you cut things out of a movie that uh, has already been filmed, and you don't uh, which, put any forethought to it. Which, yeah, actually, I should. This is a good time to mention which i mentioned it before we started recording this director's cut was supposed to be the cut that went to theaters but 20th century fox was like hey we want to make a pg-13 because it was an r-rated cut we want to make a pg-13 to get more viewers to come to it which is ironic because they the scene where Der- where matt takes electra up to the roof and the rain comes down they have that that beautiful moment and he has to leave to um, go stop a crime or whatever. 
in the in the director's cut, he leaves. Like he just he leaves her on the roof and goes off. In the theatrical cut, she tells him to stay, and then they go have sex. How that is in the PG thirteen cut, I don't know. Because they didn't say fuck while they were having sex, so it was okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would so, buy that. That's... Um, so, so he gets his dad murked, right? And then, uh, and then he's um, a bully. He he was a he was bullied, then becomes a bully. Bullied. Beats the shit out of a bunch of kids and takes their milk money, I believe. Um, well, yeah, well. I mean, you got to do what you got to do to survive when your dad's dead and, you know, you uh... and you are not put into foster care, apparently, and you are <laughs> you're not given any home, nothing. That's like... another thing in the director's cut. You see, like, the church picking him up. So he becomes that's where he, most of his Catholic upbringing. Uh, oh, yeah, they don't, they don't explain that in the theatrical version of, like, why that's what I'm saying. has so much faith in, like, Catholicism and stuff. Like, he gets and I mean, they explain it in the comics, obviously, better. But, yeah, he gets right. Um, picked up by uh, I don't know if orphanage run by uh, nuns or something, but at one point, which it was just one scene, I don't know, never comes back. Like they see him holding his dad's cross uh, in the in the orphanage, I guess you could say, and like a nun is right there. So it's it's things that should have happened. Like the director's cut should have been the one that went released. to theaters, but. Yeah. Interesting. It it tells a better story because, like I was telling Ron, this one all director's cut also um, has a subplot where Matt and Foggy are in the courtroom trying to get Coolio off of a murder charge. Um, Look, Mama said take him out. Okay, but that's the thing. Mama didn't actually say that. He was drugged up on. Uh, it's actually pretty funny because uh, he's like. And Foggy's trying to get him to say, "Hey, you didn't own a handgun, handgun, right?" And on on the on the stand, he's like, "No, I don't own a handgun. Handguns are unreliable." Now a shotgun. He's like, "Thank you, thank you, Mr. Jackson. I don't need any more." That was pretty good. He's like, "You got those pellets, and you, it just goes everywhere. It's wider spread." It was pretty great. That's so a, speaking of the courtroom, uh, that like hearing that they're in, like the uh, with um, the bald dude, yeah. So. The terrible costume transition when Foggy's like, Hey, you want to go out for a drink? And Matt's like, No, I got work to do. And then, like, it's just like a picture of him, like, stat still. And then it switches over to the costume. It's the Batman scene. This is yeah, Batman exactly. And Which uh, they show again later on when Electra is fighting or suiting up or whatever. I would have rather seen her de suiting than suiting up, but I mean, that's just me. And that's just you. Yeah. Um, uh, but then, so when he is fighting, like in that bar, he jumps up. Okay, so first off, he shoots his fucking uh, billy club into the uh, ceiling fan, and then stands on this fucking ceiling fan, full weight of a full ass grown man, on a fucking ceiling fan. And look, I don't know if you guys have ever installed a ceiling fan or seen I how have. those ones are installed. But yeah, but I'm sorry, but like those things could probably couldn't hold my little fucking tiny ass cat over here. Let alone a whole ass grown ass man. Uh, yeah, yeah, I. That is the most. Th it, that has to be holding something else, like a 
bazooka or something in there like that's it's like the pull down drop and it's like locked in and you have to like do a certain like combination to get it to drop out um but on certain nights it's the pole dancing fan (laughs) that's true this is where the movie starts to kind of fall apart for me it's the overarching story of they don't know which daredevil they want to go with do they want cocky arrogant kind of a ladies man like matt murdoch from like the 70s and 80s he was kind of like a playboy and he was a he was a good attorney um because like here he's like about good we've read a few of those (laughs) yeah mediocre at best yeah okay mediocre but not a shitty one you know what i mean like He's he banks True, on his yeah. ability to be able to hear heartbeats and can tell when people are lying, but then can't translate that to like getting the to having the person like uh, admit to the crime or or, or prove that this person's per- lying, right? Perjure themselves, yeah, right, right. So like, it's like, do they? Want so what you're saying version? is because they did such a good job in the current like the Daredevil TV show that we had a couple of years back. Of him being a good lawyer. And then you go back to this. Where he's like. Oh. He's lying. Sure. But I also. But I felt this way. Before that even came out. Like just rewatching this as it went. It's like. Because they they get those elements of like. The very comic booky cartoony 70s 80s character. And then they're like. Yeah but we want the dark gritty. Like Frank Miller character here too. And those stories. Don't go together. They don't work in in the same existence and universe, and that's where this starts to kind of fall apart for me because it's. I love the Frank Miller like version of Daredevil, the dark and gritty, and and he's and he's fighting with like his faith, and um, you know this this bastard is like kills his love interest and is like the worst kind of person and and all of these things but then they like try to cut it in with the whimsical laughy stuff when he's like like we like when he's in the uh, cafe and and electra first walks in and stuff where he's like this like arrogant kind of misogynistic yeah well okay so i've got two notes of that too in the director's cut i've got two notes for that interaction first off it was pretty rude of her to tell him i hope you find what you're looking for when he's blind but I second off, dude straight up need to learn that no means no. Oh, yeah. Like, like this is one of those things where kids watch this growing up and they're like, oh, so if I just keep being persistent and annoy this woman fucking ridiculously, she'll want to bang me. Yeah, yeah. No, this is 100% alpha male misogynist, like, mystic 2000s bullshit. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. also, I think this is where Catwoman got the idea to have the basketball scene. Because they fight in the the park right there, and granted, like, there's a little bit of sexual tension, but it's nothing like over the top. It's mostly just two adults kicking each other's ass inside of a uh, you know playground. Yeah, and all the kids yeah. around them like yelling "fight, fight, fight!" instead of you know two grown adults like trying to hump each other playing basketball while kids are you know around going, "Oh, is is wait, is that what? Oh, that's how that works. Okay." Yeah, uh, but I will say where it does like so we start to they start to plant the seeds of like where I disconnect from this, but then they get me back when he th- when the the news reporters there and he throws the uh, 
in the Europe. subway yeah. and he throws yep. the thing and the flaming double D pops up. And I'm just like, Oh, I love the idea that daredevil carries lighter fluid around with him. And does <laughs> if people just happen to just like have a match and they throw it, like it was so good. Like, was there something in the director's cut where it's like, Oh, we've seen this before. And they like, otherwise are we just supposed to assume that he just randomly knows that this is the thing? No, Matt, Matt slipped Ben a, uh, a five note and a, uh, hey, light this on fire so it looks cool. It's kind of the most the Batman year- thing ever, right? It's like, he's like giving the information to like the journalists and the and the cops and stuff like that. It's just like, hey, throw this, it's going to look really good. <laughs> I mean, it's also kind of very Punisher-y. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking specifically Punisher Warzone, which we'll get to in the future, um, where castle kind of had either the the cop or one of the reporters who he talked to constantly just always on like the on the uh, speed dial basically but, but speaking of of Yurik, um he is more prominent in so both Yurik and foggy are more prominent in the director's cut um electra As they should is be, about I mean. the same they should and they should be um, what, what about Karen? Because we, we see Karen for ten seconds in this movie. You get you get more Karen in director's cut. She actually helps out Foggy uh, for a little bit. Oh um, yeah, helping with one not that helping with <laughs> one like problem he's trying to figure out. Oh, good old Karen Page. Um, yeah, yeah. Because uh, what Doctor Gray from Grey's Anatomy is that her yep. name? I don't know. Meredith, yeah. whatever. Yeah, that's what she's like famous for. Yeah. Yeah, like I saw her. I'm like, wait, how do I know her? Where do I recognize her from? And that is, oh, you didn't know her from her one run in Friends, one episode in because I don't, well, I don't really watch Friends. You don't remember Unlike her my, from the 2002 hit Catch Me If You Can? I actually never saw that movie. Was that I the hate... one with Tom Hanks? Yeah, and Leonardo was... DiCaprio. Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio. You don't remember her from her monster role in uh, Doc McStuffins from uh, 2012? Kids show? Is that a porn? <laughs> no. I mean, probably. It's, like, it's called it's Doc fine. McStuffins and it's not a porn? No, it's a kid show. It's called Doc McStuffins and it's a kid <laughs> show? I didn't write the fucking show, man. What do you want from me? I want Stranger- answers, Chuck. She's <laughs> in uh, Strangers of Candy and Old School. Okay. Anyway. Um, but yeah, no, like Yurik does a lot more detective work in this, in the director's cut than he does in the other one. Because at one point when Matt and Foggy are going to that ball that Electra um, invited them to. <laughs> cool color. There, Thanks. I wouldn't know. Yeah. Uh, it definitely seemed like he knew Matt was Daredevil. Like he, he, he had, he was giving off very like, large hints to that yeah uh but that was like the second time we saw him in the theatrical cut in the director's cut he shows up to like talking to matt specifically like three different times before they get to the ball and then like four times afterwards it's um he just plays a bigger role so speaking of being at the ball uh when foggy is standing by the stairs after matt walks away from him why does the statue of the bird have huge tits? Because that's what statues do, I guess. Like, no, no. this is in them. a, this is in a like upper class like 
ridiculously wealthy Greek there's upper class ridiculously wealthy exactly Greek home so if it would have been Greek it would have been a fat chick with big tits technically it would be a, a guy with big tits a naked guy with big tits but and a tiny peepee it would have yes. been meatloaf actually exactly. uh, specifically yeah but there That's you go where, yeah didn't yeah. I just say that Ooh, yeah one other <laughs> I told you it was in this movie like nobody else <laughs> One one other scene that was in the director's cut uh, was our introduction to Kingpin. Like when he first shows up, he's talking to his his uh, guy Wesley. When Wesley's like, "Hey, words out," Kid, the Kingpin is names being out there, and he's like, "Yeah, so that just means that we've got people chattering." And he goes over to his bodyguards, and he just snaps both their necks. Which is bad. He's like, I can't trust anybody. It was very badass. It's so badass. I I will and say, Michael that... Clark Duncan. God, I miss that man. Once oh, hundred percent. Michael Clark Duncan is the is the best. He's the best kingpin. I feel like there is like generationally. Alfredo is really good. I, I listen. I don't disagree with that, and I think they do a really good job. But like. I feel like everyone has their kingpin, like just like everybody has their Joker, right? It's like, is it is it Nicholson? Is it Heath Ledger? Is it, I don't know, Leto for some reason? Like, whatever. For me, like Michael Clark Duncan, like kingpin is Michael Clark Duncan. And I agree that there's other ones that probably are better, but that was mine. You know what I mean? Like this was one. Yeah, 100%. I, and like, it was one of those I, things he's where better I'm like, than the I animated want to cartoon. See him. He actually, so funny enough, uh, you talk about the Spider-Man animated from the yeah, 90s. like Spider-Man animated series. Yeah. That was like my first introduction to like Kingpin. Same. Uh, apparently, according to IMDb, Duncan reprised the role of Kingpin in the 2003 animated Spider-Man. I think that's the MTV one we were talking about not too oh, long okay. ago. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, he did the voice in that one. Um, but no, like this was also one of those things where we had Spider-Man one had just come out. Spider-Man two was on the horizon daredevils here it's like i want to see michael clark duncan i want to see it is kind of weird that there wasn't that fighting spider-man that was all because of rights so um Mm -hmm. sony had spider-man fox had daredevil gotcha and now and and now they they were trying to keep them apart no now they can well no they can because sony is working with well correct they can't do it with michael clark right no i specifically want Michael Clark Duncan beating the shit out of Toby Maguire for 26 and a half minutes. That's what I want. Okay. <laughs> Somebody make I, that I would happen. Love to have seen that. AI generate that for me, please. That's all I'm asking. Ooh, that'd be fun. So Just speaking Michael of Ben Ulrich, though, Maguire, do you remember when uh, Ben Ulrich got uh, arrested for trying to steal pirate treasure from a bunch of kids? This is this a Goonies, this is a Goonies reference? Nice. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, oh my god! I, I can see it. Yeah, I see. Both it. of you, both of you, I can see like the wheels turning, and then you both came to it at the same time. <sighs> well, because yeah, no. I went, I I went um, Percy Jackson at first because I remember him for Percy Jackson being the the dick stepdad that gets killed. Oh yeah, I forgot about those movies because they were terrible and I hated them. Uh the new series, the new show is already well. It's out in a few weeks. Time of recording, it's already out on Disney Plus. So, yeah. Anyway, time of recording, it's out in a few weeks. Yes, it's coming out okay. on December twentieth. Gotcha. Um. So time of 
time of release, it's already out on Disney. So when they're talking about the like when the Kingpin's like, uh, or they're like, oh yeah, the Kingpin just doesn't kill you; he kills your whole family. You know, like that's why you know he was worried about uh, Elektra or whatever. Why is Matt still alive? He'd be slipping because at the time Kingpin was working for Fallon, he wasn't his own boss yet. He was just Wilson gotcha. Fisk. He wasn't Kingpin. Now he's Kingpin, and in theory, he should have went back and killed Matt, just in principle alone. But uh, maybe, maybe that's why he was uh, uh, so uh, open to talk to him at the ball. You just Do sizing him up, know? kind of thing. Yeah, I mean no, Matt Murdock, Jack Murdock, the blind lawyer from Hell's Kitchen. Oh, we talk about that. I mean, yeah, but did he? Really he probably just didn't. Know? I would like to say he probably just didn't care, but but no, Kingpin end, is a like meticulous about killing his dad. Just saying. Yeah, all right, I'll give you that. Oh no, um, Nick Stall. Okay, never mind. Nick Stahl. But uh, Nick Stall. He plays the yellow bastard in Sin City, but I uh, when he's in the yellow. Oh bastard, yeah, he was a Terminator three. When he's in the yellow bastard makeup, he looks a lot like um, the guy who's on trial in the movie. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> just same round face and ears. Um, That's pretty bad. Which yeah, we're watching Sin City in for two Quis- Quisada? Quisada? Jose Jose Quesada was yeah. the uh, was the character joe casada is the writer that oh, did uh some right. stories for daredevil so paul ben victor there we go yeah anyway what are we talking about um so uh, bullseye shows up kills uh, talk about bullseye we haven't seen him in a while uh, which... so okay so when he first shows up and he's like drinking the beer and throwing the darts right okay yeah. that was great fucking fantastic and then this was when he also does the, the only the first movie that Colin Farrell could use his actual Irish accent. So that oh, is that funny. actually what he sounds like? Yeah. Oh, because see, I just thought he had a really terrible accent. That's just <laughs> his accent. Because anyway, it so seemed over the, I don't know, it just seemed over the top. But it could have also just been the fact that like everything that he did. Ha- yeah. I want to know what the direction was when they were trying to get Colin Farrell to be Bullseye. He was a big name at that point in time. um, No, I I get that. But were they just like, do a bunch of coke and then just come (laughs) on set? And you can just improv the whole thing. Because like, this is where the like 10 degrees from being a perfect movie for me comes in. Because I remember watching this originally and being like, Bullseye is the dopest ever. He's he's his superpower, right? Is just that he never misses. He mm-hmm. always, always, always hits his target, which they don't do a they do a pretty good job of like kind of laying that and the fact that he's absolutely just a psychopath, which you know we see when um, when Kingpin walks into his office and his guards are dead, and he's like, Did, "Was that necessary?" And he just goes, "No, that was fun." Um, well, also, also the airplane when he shoots the yep. the nut on the lady's throat. Now, yeah. in his defense, though, like nobody wants to sit next to that lady. 
Oh no, no, he's not the villain of the story, realistically speaking. He's, he's doing God's work most of the time. But like, so they do like kind of a good way of like doing that. But his acting is just so over the top and bad. Yeah, that like that like it you I it loses the legitimacy for me. Like it's too much. It's kind of that same thing. as like, what do we want? Do we want the goofy eighties cart like cartoon comic book version of Daredevil, or do we want the dark Frank Miller, which like he was a sadistic bastard in the Frank Miller storyline, but he wasn't this goofy over the top version. Everything he did was like meticulous and, and, and sinister and like had a reason for doing it, not for the sake of doing it. Am I wrong? Yeah. Do I not yeah. remember this correctly? I mean, I don't know. Cause I've never uh, read any bullseye so, comics. So, oh, or, you know, same. With... like we, we haven't, we, we never got to that in the, sh- in the, co- in the comic rundown side. And we won't for a while, because uh, I don't know when when Bullseye originally uh, was created. I want to say probably in the seventies. Yeah. So weirdly enough, I I do know a lot about Bullseye because I was fascinated by the character. He was originally introduced in like nineteen late seventies, early eighties, and he's the dude who shoots Nick Fury. Huh. Oh, yeah. He's the da- he's the guy who eventually kills Nick Fury. Uh, hold please. Okay. Uh, but speaking of of Bullseye, and there's a scene in the director's cut where he's going into the airport, and it's it is a little more I don't want to say flamboyant, but like he's riding up the escalator and he's just got his arms out by himself on the escalator because he can. Goes through the metal detector. He takes off. He takes out a pen and a toothpick, and then the the thing goes off. Obviously. They wave the wand on him. They wave it around his belt, you know, where he's got all the shurikens. Let's it go. Uh, waves it around his mouth. He's got a paper clip in his mouth. So I think, man. I think, and that's cool, right? Like that was one of his things. Is he also had improvised weapon? He could make anything a weapon. All the time. Yeah. Which was except like, here's yeah, the, right. here's the thing though. This happened uh, post nine eleven. How did he get through security like that? Come on. Because it was filmed that's in two thousand one. Was it? I got that on that one. No, I don't know. I didn't look at the skyline to see if the twin towers were there or not, so I don't know. I that would be one that they probably took out, similar to uh, Spider-Man, like post-production. Yeah. Um. So well, we, got we get Electra fighting this a is, bunch of. This was the first introduction of Bullseye. That right wrong one. All right, here we go. <laughs> so this is the first introduction of Bullseye. Uh, he shot Nick Fury. This has Wrong layout. Uh, I, 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 want, I, want a, I want a costume. Yeah. Oh, okay, we'll get there because so, that was so infuriating for me, but it's fine. Because he didn't end up with a costume? Yeah, mainly. Yep. 100%. Like, I was hoping for the Bullseye mask, like the one that's, you know, where he's got the tattoo or the indent on his forehead or whatever. Branded himself. I don't know. So but, like, uh, I liked that as an idea of like getting the idea across that he's like that he's not mentally okay. Like the idea that he's like carved a bullseye into his head, right? And that was and then like he a, touches it all the time. That's true. And he's like, oh bullseye, remember the name? It, like uh, I also realized I referenced this movie way more than I realized going back and rewatching it. I was like, oh my god, I used to say this <laughs> stuff all the time, and I thought I was so cool. And then it's just like, oh, it's so cringy. But just like, yeah, I just. I don't know. I just 
anyway, where were we? Sorry. I just I'm gonna get mad he actually in the ten minutes. Director's cut, he actually does say I want a fucking costume. So Oh, well, there you, you know, go. See, that's that's, that's why I got the R rating. R. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um got the one F bomb. Yeah, but so we get um, you know, when Bullseye kills uh, Lecter's dad. And she thinks Daredevil did it because he used Daredevil's uh, billy club. But then uh, when she is training to kill Daredevil and she's like attacking the sandbags, why the fuck are her size sharp? Like, okay, size are used for stabbing, not slicing. Sure. Uh, well, I was gonna ask who, I think she was how slicing did, did with her the, with the tip, wasn't she? Like, isn't the tip super sharp? So you should be able to like slash with it. But it would just tear though, because they're sandbags. Like they're just hanging sandbags. If it was a stationary something, yes. But in order to cut like that, you would have to have a cutting surface that was super sharp. Like the tips are just pointed. It's comic logic, man. I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's why it's on the. Uh, Bingo list, but that's her. Super I, w- I was going to ask the ability if... to slice things with in with uh, uneligible <laughs> slicing ability. I was. I, I thought her superpower was she was autistic. That too. Was standing there releasing Think the bags because otherwise those things were on a timer and she was doing a terrible job. Like this, the servant had to release all the bags and then watch as she cuts them all and. Like, I gotta clean this up. Oh, uh, yes. Very, yeah, very who good. Who had mom. to clean that mess up? Like, who had that? was awful. That was so mean. Maybe nobody because she dies shortly thereafter and the, the house just goes into. You know, yeah. The, the butler looks uh, at him like, fuck that. I'm not cleaning this shit up until she gets back and I know she's alive. <laughs> <laughs> no. But then, okay. So when Electra is fighting Daredevil on the rooftop and he's like, it wasn't me, it was a hitman named Bullseye. How the fuck did he know who Bullseye was? That goes back to director's cut. He'd already been hearing stuff about it. Uh, because according to director's cut, Yurik, no, no. he's. This is a little bit tied into the, um, the subplot of the trial that him and Matt are defending. Uh, there's a cop in there who has a pacemaker. So it, when he goes and gets put on the stand, the cop lies. Matt's like, oh, he's telling the truth. Because his pacemaker obviously is regulating his heartbeat. He finds out he's got a pacemaker, goes basically harasses him as Matt and not Daredevil, which is very interesting. And that cop basically says it's Kingpin. When Kingpin, you know, wants your family dead, he's gonna, you know, he's he's gonna kill your whole family. And he's got a hitman out to do it. So like it gets revealed there. It goes back to your saying of like uh, sometimes the direct cut should have came out because it actually, you know, makes the story make sense. The full story. Yeah. Um, And then when Electra is fighting against Bullseye, okay, I get it. Ranged. Yeah. Him throwing the scythe through her hand, fucking great. Right. Because he knew exactly where to throw it, where she was going to try to catch it and she was going to get stuck in her. But when they get into hand to hand combat, how does somebody that has decades of fucking training since they were a kid get their ass kicked by somebody whose only superpower is he doesn't miss? But he does miss with Daredevil. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk but about like, it. Okay, so how, how does Electra get her ass kicked by Bullseye? 
That's what I'm asking. Now, if they would have stayed ranged, it would have made sense. What you don't know yes. is that, listen, she's good, baby. And he'll give her that. But him, he's magic. I said that shit so much <laughs> when I was a kid. God oh, damn, you were cringe. That, but me, I'm magic. Oh, my God. The lines in this are so good. Oh, anyway, I mean, sorry. good might not be what I would. Uh... Which, 2000, yeah, 2003, like, but I have been uh, math. Just three, 14, I was 14 year old 20. Charlie. 14 year old Charlie thought he was the dopest piece of shit on the planet saying that. <laughs> oh my God. This was, I won. I almost was... carved a bullseye in because I just wanted to point it at it. Like, that's, yeah. Good thing you did. Uh-huh. Well, I don't know. No, see, then then we'd be seeing uh, Chuck in like news articles. Uh, man tried to kill person again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, I never that. miss. I never miss. Oh. <laughs> Well, listen, I am actually pretty good. Um, I, I have a pretty good record of throwing things into holes. So, <laughs> but yeah, so then we get the uh, the second of the famous panels to screen scene of Daredevil or of Bullseye stabbing the side through uh, Electra. Uh, the first one Bullseye, was... the strongest man on the planet, being able to lift her up a scythe. Oh, she lost some blood when he cut her neck. Dude, like, she's not even that big of a person blood. if you really think about it. I could yeah, pick Colin her up on Farrell, my pointy Farrell thing. was looking real scrawny. Like, we saw him majority of the time without, uh, like, in just a girlfriend respecter, okay? So, like, it's not... it. There was muscle tone there. This was before CrossFit. <laughs> nice. Um... Yeah, so why why were there bats in the organ during the fight in the church? That's a great question. Because apparently like, they don't play the organ much. A church organ gets used every fucking Sunday, especially in a Catholic church. And they're probably playing it on fucking Wednesdays too. No well, animal. Yeah, see, that's funny. It was like I was my church was bad and nobody well. went to this church. Like that was the whole thing. It was like it was a struggling church. No. I don't know. The church is that big. I would have you say otherwise. See? Uh, One thing this movie did have going for it, though, is I love the fucking soundtrack. Like, I still listen to this soundtrack. I have it in my car. Very nice. I mean, it's ever that since it comes on the radio, I'm like, oh, yeah, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. No, this. Again, this is a this is a time capsule of like my childhood. I had this soundtrack. It's what find, made me find Evanescence. It was, it was the only soundtrack that's better than this is the Punisher soundtrack from two thousand four. So it gave me Evanescence. I uh, just it, this thing shreds. It's so good. It gave me the best one liners that I used for way too long in my life. Um, I think that like the co- the costumes dope <laughs> as hell. The one costume that we get, I guess. Well, I guess technically two because they did a pretty good job of making Michael Clark Duncan look like Kingpin in a suit. Pretty much all he ever wore. Until I mean, he yeah. Also, weird... you could argue that Elektra had a costume and Bullseye had a costume. It's just not like full costume, but I have gotten to the point 
in 2023. If, if you're going to consider Blade a, has a costume, Bullseye has a costume. I, I don't consider him. Well, he has more Bull- of a costume. Blade has a look, has- not a costume. He has a style. Yeah. 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 This okay. is okay. okay so officially, I'm going to say here on the record for for comic book rundown. If they don't have a map or a helmet, it's not a costume. What about Superman? He took off his glasses, therefore he took off his glasses. It a, yeah, a he mask. took off his glasses. Mm. So Superman is the one exception, is the reverse rule of that, right? He has to pretend Fair. to be Clark uh, Kent is a mask. Kent. Yeah. The glasses are his mask. Clark Kent is kind of a mask, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if there's Wonder no Woman? mask, then it doesn't count. Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman has, has the, the uh, Yeah. Yeah, Tiara's a helmet. But she's also mm-hmm. never it, yeah. again, her costume is the Diane personality. Diana personality. That's true, too. That's true, too. Though there isn't a lot of difference. Punisher. Not, yeah, I would I would argue he never had a costume. No, he doesn't have a costume. Everybody knows that he's fucking Frank Castle. Like, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. that. Yeah, he's got a t-shirt. That's it's got a fucking skull a, on it. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's a, just a symbol. It's, it's just, a style choice. Yeah, he's just a dude. He's just a dude with a gun. That's what makes him cool. Fantastic That's why cool. cops like him. I'm sorry, what was that one? Fantastic Four? Uh, uh, yeah, technically. Every, but they, they, everybody knows who they are. Yeah. Mm. Be, uh, that's, that's the thing. They, they, have, they have outfits. They don't have costumes. <laughs> Johnny Storm technically lights himself on fire. Then he's actually the Human Torch. It's kind of hard that's to tell true. The thing is just the thing. He loses the identity of Ben Grimm. He's no longer there. Reed Richards is statistical to not be Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic. So he doesn't want to cover his face up and, uh, you know, invisible woman just disappears. Nobody cares. Sue about Storm. Her. Yeah. yeah. Um, Namor cares about her, but that's a whole different matter. Namor. Hey, there you go. He doesn't have a costume. That's uh, again, no. everybody knows who Namor is because he yeah. is, he doesn't even have an alter. Like, he doesn't have an alias. He yeah. Doesn't have a, a secret identity. He is Namor. Okay, what about the point, some of the, the point X-Men? of a costume? The point of a costume in a movie, like the point of a superhero having a costume, is to hide his identity so people don't know who he truly is. Right? This is not exactly. the whole point of a costume. That's why Spider Man is the only one ma- that really Pat does Pat it wears right. Wears a mask so people don't know he's Bruce Wayne. But see, that's the thing; he still doesn't do it right because his chin is showing and his mouth is showing. Yeah, right, off like this, so nobody can tell. Um, but no, it's it's not about that. Okay, well, he's gonna get a cut. He's gonna get hit. Yeah, and there's gonna be like this scrape on his face that starts right here. Yeah, but the the deepest. No, he's white. Oh, that's fair. Or he'll get shot. Yeah, yeah. That's why they're always shooting at Spider Man. Exactly. Exactly. I do always laugh that there's a there's a comic panel uh, where he's on trial. Like uh, J. Jonah Jameson is suing. I think Spider-Man for something. And so he's on trial and the, the lawyer's like, so why do you think Jameson is, is always after you? And Spider-Man is like, I don't know. I think it's because I'm black and he just hates black people. And Jonah's like, what? No, that's not, I didn't know. Wait. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually really good. I really like that. That's really good. (sighs) All right. Anyway, the point Um, is, um, yeah, they don't have, okay, fair, 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 fair. She even she doesn't um, even have an alias name. Her so first name costume. is Electra. One costume in this movie then with Daredevil, because you had said Kingpin 
looks like Kingpin, but Kingpin does have a costume. Yeah, he has yeah, a look. He has a style. True. Everybody knows that Wilson Fisk is Kingpin. So if the idea Well, everybody does now. Yeah, right. Now but if cool. every if the whole point is the costume is supposed to hide your identity, then don't wear a costume Correct. if they don't have a helmet or a mask. Okay, I can I can agree to that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh can we talk about the the best sniper in the world that can see through painted stained glass window and know exactly where Daredevil is at? Because he did that. Yeah, so uh, what they were using was a uh, x-ray uh-huh. device on the end of the gun. <laughs> and you, they you decided know, to shoot Call Daredevil of Duty. and not... They, they decided to shoot Daredevil who was defending himself and not the guy who was trying to stab him? I mean, yeah, because Daredevils, look, they're cops. Daredevils making them look bad. So we so we have this scene, right? Where he breaks the glass and then in the most over-the-top stupidest look you've ever no seen. Does he just daintily dance catches all of those pieces of glass through the like you could tell that like they were just like okay so imagine in your mind the glass is going to be falling at you and you have to catch it and then colin farrell did a line of coke and he's like i got you no worries (laughs) and just starts like the most ridiculous like two finger pinch grab all of this that scene is burned into my memory for and i i was just like oh my god i forgot about okay but at the time Thought it was the coolest thing ever. So seen. on top like, of that, so dope. on top of that, though, when he throws his first handful of them, like he's holding it flat on his palm, and he just goes like this, and they all fly out in like in sequential order, and then it shows him later on on the second hand, like throwing yeah, them off, like he's just, fucking like he's just like slinging. He's like, make it rain. It's so dope. <laughs> it's so cool. The second like, one, sure. The first one, not so much. But what doesn't make any sense is then he proceeds to throw them in a straight line directly above, like slightly above Daredevil, who's doing backflips. You should have shot him in a second. He's Daredevil doesn't move from the position he's in. He's just moving backwards. You're fleeing yep. every single shot over him. You know where he is. Unless the idea, and maybe they do it in the in the director's cut, where they like talk about the fact that like Daredevil's like Daredevil has bullseye in his pocket now, right? Like he's in his head and he's just like, oh, this is the guy who made me miss. And now he's just completely messed up by that and just now misses any time he tries to get Daredevil. No, they don't, don't do that. Don't, don't bring it up at all. Stupid. Because, ha- because he figures out the um the like the he rings the bell and he figures out that he can hear like he's he's got extra hearing or something. So like when he starts making sound, it throws Daredevil off, and then like starts hitting him, like actually damaging him. So I, I don't know. Um, I am surprised that that Bullseye survived a uh, how ten story fall. To, to the to the ground and smash into Yurik's car. Dude, and the funniest also, thing about that is, is when the cops surround him, one of them yells, don't move. Oh, I always thought the funniest thing was when Yurik gets out and the one cop, like, ports with the guy at him. He's like, no, no. 
No, dude, the dude just fell out of a, like, what, fucking four-story fall onto a car. And the first thing the cop says to him when he pulls out his gun is, don't move. Like, what was he going to do, jump up and be like, ah, surprise, motherfuckers? I mean, he might. You never know. Um, What else is there? So, okay, uh, give you a couple of things in the... uh, Wait, before you do that. Okay. So, when Foggy hands Matt the mustard instead of the honey, right? Yeah. Matt knew it was mustard. Yes. Obviously. Smell it. How did Foggy pick up that fucking cup of coffee that was in front of him and not smell 10 pounds of fucking mustard in that motherfucker? You get a drip of mustard on something and all you can smell is fucking mustard. Not wrong. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe because I got diluted from the the coffee or the tea whatever no. they were having. No, that's that's that. No, no, I refuse to accept that as as an excuse, dude. Look, I'm sorry, but there's no amount of coffee in a cup that small that could get rid of the mustard smell of all the mustard that he put in there because he was squeezing that mustard for like a good five seconds into there, which I respect because yeah. that's how much honey I put in my tea, also. But <laughs> that's true. You like honey with a little bit of tea. Exactly. Yeah, I, I want the sweet flavor of honey with a little bit of the flavor of whatever tea I'm having. Yeah, kind of true. I I will okay. say this: if we're if we're wrapping up here, as, as we get to the climactic fight scene between uh, Daredevil and Kingpin, Kingpin says just the coldest shit I've ever fucking heard in my entire life. That I repeatedly said. Over and over and over again. Wesley walks in. We have a problem. Kingpin. Bullseye failed. Wesley. Correct. Kingpin. Send the guard home. Wesley. Confused. But sir. And then the thing I have always said. Ever since then. Kingpin. I was raised in Bronx. Wesley. This is just something you wouldn't understand. I had never been to the Bronx in my entire <laughs> life, but that was the coldest shit I had ever heard. And I was just like, yo, Kingpin. Chuck's like, on. Chuck's like, I was raised in Odeonta. This is just yeah, something you wouldn't understand. You don't understand. <laughs> I was just like, that was the cold. I remember in the theater watching that, I go, oh, Daredevil's going to get the shit kicked out of him, which is stupid because if I, I should have known this was like the, the movie. You know what I mean? And I just was like, oh, this isn't. Good. And, Kind of an anticlimactic fight scene. Like, yeah, he's got, a little the, bit. he's got the the staff that doubles as a mace, apparently that is weighs thirty seven pounds. Um, <laughs> I mean, you try to get hit in the head with the by that, you know? Yeah, it, that's, that's like clearly all just steel. Like that is just a steel casted club. One of my favorite, and this is just a side tangent. One of my favorite stories of Michael Clark Duncan, because he's such a big brooding hawk of a man is on the set of uh, Scorpion King with Dwayne Johnson. The scene when the two of them clash swords for the first time in that movie, um, those were real swords. Those real swords really broke when they both came at each other. And those real swords were flying everywhere. And that's a legitimate look of both those guys of shock in that movie. Freaking love that. That is fucking awesome. That's yeah. actually pretty rad. That's actually pretty rad. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, but no, you're not wrong with the this. I mean, this fight wasn't super like like 
it wasn't the best fight of the movie, but it wasn't like. I mean, I just much. hated the idea that all he had to do was break his kneecaps and like that just shut him down. Well, because like the whole point of the whole point of Kingpin is that he's just solid mass and he like, yeah. kind of indestructible. That's what I'm saying. Like a kick from Daredevil like that would not have broken that dude's kneecaps. Especially a dude who just well, had the shit because he even shows up. He's like, I wish I had gotten you at a hundred percent. And then all of a sudden he's just able to beat the piss out of him. Yeah, because you like, you just got in the fight with Electra, got stabbed yeah. to the the shoulder. You just got in the fight with Bullseye, and he kind of rung your bell a, a little bit. Yeah, he's definitely not nowhere near one hundred percent. And then he takes out Daredevil. I guess you know he takes out Kingpin. I, he just had to find that that extra. Well, he had the motivation of you know his girl. He because he got the dog in him, loves. you know. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It <laughs> the, that in fact, it was business. It was all ever. It's all it ever was. Business. The I yep. was working with the, the uh, Fallon. Fallon family at the time, and your father was supposed to throw the fight, and your girl was in the wrong family at the wrong time. It's all about business, and you've been in my business for too long. The coldest shit ever. <laughs> as he's beating the piss out of him. Ah, oh, it was so good. Anyway, the thing that I hate about it, the ending of this movie is because you could definitely tell that Ben Affleck just wanted to be Batman. He just wanted <laughs> to be the Batman character because he, then and it only goes, took him 20 years because then he goes to like with the club and you can tell, you know, he's going to club him and, and let, you know, kill him. And he doesn't, he drops it right on the ground. And Kingpin's like, I don't understand. And Daredevil just is like, oh, I'm not the bad guy. And then, you know, runs away to leave him to get arrested by the cops, which we know. Do they even do they even do it in the uh, they do. Cut? so one of one of the big scenes, the, the whole subplot of that trial, um, yeah. Wesley is a protagonist in the murder of the girl that Coolio is framed for. Right. Um and so the cop is like basically finds Wesley after he leaves Kingpin at a bar getting drunk. He's like, Hey, so uh, I'm going to talk to you real quick. And we're going to talk like once I get done talking, if you want to maybe have a plea deal. Right. So he basically gives up Kingpin to kind of save his own ass. Sort of. They both end up in jail. They both end up in prison next to each other. Cause, huh? um, but yeah, but it, then- it they find not... they find the information they need on Kingpin from Wesley. Okay. But I'm not crazy. I remember them saying cuz then you know, so he gets arrested whatever and we have the sad lonely walk down the thing that Electra's dead but she's not actually dead uh to set up for the spin-off sequel thing. And then we have Colin Farrell laying in the uh bed. There's a mid-credit scene yeah. which in the director's cut, that's just a scene in the movie. Like it's it's at the oh, end of the it? movie, but it's not because it's, it's not so good after the credits. It's yeah. so good because he just can't help himself. He has to. He needs to prove to himself that he can still do it. So then he picks up the uh, the needle and he kills the fly. But don't am I not remembering it correctly? But the TV says that Kingpin gets off. Yeah, that's because they put Wesley I... in the same cell as him. Clunk, clunk, clunk. There it is. <laughs> we had to work toward it. We got there. Side <laughs> Uh No, well, director's cut. He's you. They pan away from him in sitting behind bars 
Wesley in the cell next to him, and then they pan to a different part of the, I'm assuming the um, medical wing of the, the prison where Der- uh, Bullseye is, right. you know, killing the fly. Uh, and then Which, it like, jumps to Matt. He's not handcuffed um, to that bed. He's not handcuffed to that bed at all. I mean, every single bone in his body's broken, so you don't. But he's still able to. He's still just yet. He's still able to pick up a needle and throw it. So obviously, I, he needs to be handcuffed. But, but the two dumb guards standing outside didn't see that. All right. Whatever. I'm there is saying. a scene where there is a scene where Yurik comes up to Matt and is like, "Hey, so wrote a story about the Kingpin. I'm also going to write the story about Daredevil. And I'm giving you a heads up before it hits the papers tomorrow." And Matt's just like, "Yeah, but if you do that, I'm ruined. Like, you can't do that." It's like, "Yeah, but I'm a journalist, so fuck off." Right. And then he does the one thing that a journalist would never do, which is delete his story. Yeah. yeah. Like, come on. That's bullshit. He has the biggest scoop on the planet that he knows exactly who it is. And this idea that is like, oh, well, you know, Hell's Kitchen needs needs Daredevil more than I need this story. Bullshit. You are about to break the biggest fucking story in your city. What are you talking about? Yeah. Well, the biggest yeah. story in Hell's Kitchen anyway. I mean. That's true. He only, he only operates in Hell's Kitchen, as we know. Yeah. Yeah, which is weird because wasn't he part of the uh, Daily Bugle at one point in time? Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, that's the movie. That's it's so good. Uh, I like I said, I like the the uh, director's cut better. Um, just I wish I would have watched the director's trial. cut now because so many things would have made so much more sense. I can yeah. let you borrow it sometime. I mean, I don't actually want to watch it. I said I wish I would have watched it. I said sometime. <laughs> I didn't say right now. Um, but yeah, no. So what was our so what was our kill count on that? Uh, got thirteen. Now I, according to the internet, they were counting everybody in the bar as being killed. Um, um, I don't think everybody died in the I bar. I did though. not. Yeah, like they were just getting knocked out or thrown off the ledge. So there was only like maybe three kills in the bar because they had twenty, and I'm like, no, there's not twenty people dying here. So I got a total of thirteen kills. Throughout the movie, Electra does count as a kill because she did die, even though we see that she had left the Braille necklace at the very end for Matt. She still died. I mean, it's canon once you watch Electra, yeah. Yeah. Um, what we got for our uh, bingo? Okay, so <clears throat> we have a cameo, we have dead parents, we have an origin reveal, we have an. Uh, training montage we have an identity reveal to a love interest uh we have implied nudity unexplainable science product placement lots of product placement um betrayal by a friend because technically you know electra was his friend until she stabbed him uh and comic logic of course i'm iffy on that betrayal by a friend one but uh there was some i'm gonna say some nudity in the director's cut and I, it's really anything more good. Boob. No, because um, yeah. it's at the bar. And Affleck hangs these... dong. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> he shows that bat dick. Um, so there is in the bar. There is these two bikers who are not supposed to have their bike in the bar. But then this like one chick lifts up her top, but you don't see anything. Like you see side boob and under boob, but that's about it. Like, no, that's boring. Nick. 
Yeah. Lame. Spawn Cape Continuum. So, I think that this, I think it still holds up for the most part. There's some stuff where it looks not the best. The, the glass throwing scene looks pretty silly because those are like CGI'd uh, pieces of glass flying through. Um, and I only remember that because yeah. the DVD on TV was like, look at the state of the art technology that we're using to CGI these pieces of glass in as it goes over the practical <laughs> effects. But I, like, I still think the radar, like the, the sonic radar, still looks cool because it, it looked crude because it's supposed to look crude. Like, yeah. right? Like it's yep. just, a, it's just Sonic. It shouldn't look good. The, the, I agree. The sniper part looked a little silly. The like x-ray through the glass sniper, which is not humanly possible didn't, uh, with technology. Yeah. yeah. I, I'll be, I think that this deserves like a, like a eight out of 10 spawn Cape continuums. Like it still mm. looks good. I think no, it's holds up. I agree because there are some parts where like it transitions from him being CGI'd a bit, yeah, to him being an actual like person, and it is him a, a really good transition. Really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the bike, the the him kicking bullseye off of the motorcycle in the street, not so well. True, but it goes so fast scenes, though. Like great. it goes so fast that it's it's not well, and it, and it helps that it's at, it's at night. You know, yeah. like and, and it's the, not the, like it's uh, the, the scene in Blade where there's CGI characters fighting each other, right? Yeah, yeah. Everything, all the now the, for the most part were practical. So the only some, I, would say, I, I would say the church scene, the, some of the church fighting was it reminded me of Blade Two a little bit, but not all of it. Just like when they were fighting on the pipes. Yeah, okay, I'll give you pipes. But um, like, but but the rest of the fight though, like every other fight, yeah, it was all pretty practical. They're all. I would, would argue the worst. CGI scene is the rain, like the 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 like when he's in Electra and he's finally so here because of the rain. Yeah, because yeah. that looks that looks kind of rough. That looks yeah, like, especially since it looks nothing like her. Yeah, it looks nothing like her. It's kind of weird, but yeah, he's like, man, you're so beautiful, and he's like, you're just sitting there in your head. You're like, but it doesn't look like what she looks like, and he's like, oh, <laughs> it's like the ultimate beer goggles that you can never get rid of. Like it's <laughs> it's horrible. It's awful. <laughs> Wonderful. So that brings us to our score. Chuck, what do you give this out of 10? All right. It, as, as we all know, I have to write off, is it a five? Is this a Daredevil movie? Yeah, this is a Daredevil movie. 100%. And everything mm-hmm. about it in nostalgia still holds up. Though I do agree, it's about 10 degrees off from being like super good. There's a there's enough of this that it does kind of hurt its score, and I am 100% looking through it as with nostalgic lenses. I know this, but when this movie came out, I remember a lot of people not loving it as much as I did, and me being like, "This is the hell I'm going to die on." That this is the best superhero movie that's come out yet, which was weird, a weird take for me. I don't know why, but I always loved Daredevil too. I loved Frank Miller's run. I had read it when it like first came out in paperback or whenever I found it for some paperback and like yeah. read it. And I was just like, this is a dark gritty, cool version. He has a cool costume. The drawing was awesome. Cause I was a Frank Miller fan at that time. 7.8. I, yeah, okay. I'm going to sit at a 7.8. It's not quite an eight for me because again, it's just like, it, Colin Farrell kind of ruins it for me. I don't know. Like, oh, I will agree to that. I thought yeah. he, I didn't. I did not like him really? in this movie at all. So. I don't like. I don't like. I don't like Colin Farrell over the top bullseye, and I don't like Ben Affleck's Matt Murdock. 
I like his Daredevil. Also, I don't like his Matt Murdock. Um, ironically, he actually read for the role of Bullseye, uh, and then I think Kevin oh, I would Smith not have was like, that. "Hey, like, I don't." Yeah, he probably would have been not great. Uh, and the Kevin fact Smith that we never got a costume for Bullseye Daredevil. is upsetting to me. Yeah, they never even tease okay, it. Fair. Like they could have, they could have done like the same concept suit of like the the like leather, like just and just put a bullseye on it. That's all they needed to do. But they Which don't. I think it's what they kind of did in the show. I haven't watched season three, so I can't really tell you. Yeah, I haven't seen season one, three but... either. I don't think. I was trying to watch them. All I need to watch order. it before the new show comes out next year. Yeah, Same. I, oh, I did too, but I dropped off at. I dropped off at season three of uh, Bullseye or uh, Daredevil. So I haven't seen the final season of Jessica Jones and Punisher yet because of that. I think I got to season two of Punisher and I kind of tapped out though. I do like Jigsaw. So I don't know why I did, but yo, I'm hyped. I'm hyped for Punisher 2004. My God, that movie was we are not too far away from that. So I, I would, I would argue Punisher 2004 is my willow. So uh, we're gonna see how that goes. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> if if this is my Batman, okay. if this is my Joey's Batman, Punisher is my Ron's Willow. I, yeah, because it's a movie that it's not good, it. but I just love it for the sake of loving it on nostalgia. And everybody else is gonna hate that I'm gonna rave about how great it is. Dude, I love that movie too. I watch the movie all the time, so I'll be I'm right in the same boat. Not Willow level, but right there. Uh, Ron, what's your score? Okay, so given that uh, during the sex scene, we don't get to see any nudity, actual nudity, which is a little disappointing since, you know, they put that scene in just for this movie, like just for this cut of the movie. Um, They also put in the confession scenes as well, so that's a whole different matter. (laughs) Um, But all joking aside, um, like it wasn't a terrible movie. Um, It definitely wasn't as good as I remember it being. But it also wasn't as bad as I was expecting it to be, if that makes any sense. Um, I mean, there are terrible parts in it, like we said, you know, Colin Farrell, everything about him. Um, the fact that they, like, when you first meet Electra, they made her eyes, like, ridiculously green. Like, it was sticking out in the camera like they were glowing green almost. Which was a little weird. Yeah. Um, and there were just some other, like... I gave it a 6.66. Nice. You devil. (laughs) Wow. Okay. What's your score? So I... This movie still holds up to me. This movie was fun. I really, really, really enjoyed it. And then... Watching the director's cut made me just enjoy the movie even more because we get more of a story. Um, so yes, there are some bad things in them. Like for the theatrical cut alone, there are some bad moments, some bad elements, only because they just they didn't tell the story that they were telling got chopped up and and butchered basically. Um, but still, was a lot of fun. Some of the CGI was meh, but like we had talked about, a lot of them was practical and was really good. 
Uh, I give this a 7.3. This was a really good movie. I really enjoyed it. And like I said, I gave the director's cut a full point over. So I gave the director's cut 8.3 because of story alone. So I'm really, I'm really happy with this movie, um, which gives us a combined score of 7.25, which not a bad score. I think that sits where it should. Oh, so it puts it right there with uh, Doctor Strange from 1978, the Batman Mask of the Phantasm, and Hellboy Sword of Storms. All three of those were a 7.25. So it's basically tied at hmm. number 15. I'd argue that it's a strong 7.25. It really is. It, it'd be Yeah, like, I, I, I think you could almost say it's like a 7.3. Like, it, you know, like in comparison it to came those, out, no, it came out seven point two five three, and I have to round down. So fair, <laughs> but but when I look at the other seven point two fives in that, like I didn't, I didn't see the I wasn't a Doctor Strange. I've seen the Batman, Doctor dude. The Doctor yet. Strange was surprisingly good for its time. I was, was actually one of our just ones. So I was just talking about that movie last night, uh, actually, because um, uh, I was talking to a dude that was talking. Uh, we were talking about how um. Like some of the movies from earlier on weren't as good. And I was like, yeah, I was like, but this movie, for being a made for TV movie in the 70s, it was actually pretty legit. Hmm. You should yeah. go watch it. It's on yeah. probably something. I'll hunt it. Probably down. on Daily Motion, more than likely. Yeah. But like, the Phantasm, like that's an animated movie, and I really like that movie. Um, I, did I watch the. That? No, that was not. You were the one not I was on, on with for. Hellboy. You watched yeah, the other okay. one. Yeah, you watched the you watched the yeah. shitty Hellboy movie, not yeah, the, the shitty one. Yeah. I think that's a good spot for it. I think it's where it should be sitting. So it's pretty good. I'm yeah. happy with it. I mean, 15 out of 77. Yeah. It's it's, it's up there. Top 20. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Again, I don't think any of us thought this was the best. This is no. not the best superhero movie ever made, but it's definitely not the worst because we've got some worse ones. Catwoman. We've Man, watched we some worse ones. ones. We've we've got worse. We got a few more coming up. I was gonna say we've got worse movie this era coming up. Yeah, yeah. What what fantastic yeah, um, would have been anyway? Well, also Angley's Hulk, like that one. Oh, would have been great. Yeah, that's like next, we, we have... right? That's that's. Wait, is that the one where he like gets bigger and bigger and bigger? Yeah, they can't scale and... him correctly. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Eric Bana is uh, uh plays I gotta double check between uh Hulk and X-Men 2 which one came out first, but yeah, that it's coming up. We'll be seeing it within a couple months. I'll just put it that way. Uh, but as for next, um their next movie will be coming up right after you guys give your outros. Uh-huh. <laughs> I thought, I thought, he, I thought he forgot. Yeah, I thought he forgot that I was ready to just destroy him <laughs> oh. chuck where can i find you you can find me on tiktok and instagram kicked out of the hood no and kicked you can follow my kitchen tiktok kicked out of the kitchen no and kicked uh that's it that's all i am that's all i'm at i might be making some lorcana content over i kicked out of the hobby you know and kicked we'll see i don't know it's a really fun game if you never play it it's hard to find product for it right now because it sells out quick but it's it's magic light, but it's all Disney characters. It's a lot of fun. So 
I've, nice. I've been hearing a lot of good things about it, so I just haven't. I haven't. It just to it yet, the rollout is so atrocious. They just they can't keep product, and scalpers just buy it all up and flip it for crazy prices. But, I mean, yeah, shocker. Yeah, I know. Uh, Ron, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on uh, TikTok and Instagram at Good at This Game. Um, you can find me also on TikTok. Well, you can find my art on TikTok at Good Art This Game. Um, and obviously, you know, on uh, podcasts like this one, specifically this one. And this one alone. Um, that's not true. I've been on your other podcast show... before. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, you got to find this show, Comic Rundown, on Twitter at Comic Rundown, on Instagram, Comic Book Rundown, on Threads at Comic Book Rundown. Email us, Comic Book Rundown at gmail.com. Uh, we're also on YouTube which uh, have actually been getting a lot of DC review, uh, views. So keep watching. I did promote us last night, awesome. so we'll get at least one more view. Yeah. And if you're watching on Perfect. YouTube, make sure you like, subscribe, hit that bell for notifications. Yeah, yeah all that stuff that everybody already did. Throw down in the comments what your favorite scene was and why it's Colin Farrell doped up on Coke, grabbing gloss. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's the best scene. It's pretty great. Pretty great. Uh, we've got our song was done by Cam from One Half. Nope. Now we don't do that. Nope. Yeah. Um, just just Cam. Cam. Just not Cam. even Doctor Cam and yet. Not yet. And eventually, I'll figure out how to actually put the the song on the YouTube. Maybe. That's everything. Yeah. I don't know how to do that. Um, we've got merch over on Redbubble and T Public, and you can rate and review us uh, on your podcasting app of choice. Or on any of the social medias, and if you do, we'll appreciate it. The easiest way to so, put it on is to just play it before every episode starts. Like before we, like you hit record, and then you just play it. You hold your phone up to the microphone, like we used yeah, to do before the showdown. Did you used to do that? I, See, we, but I want, for a like, lot of the stuff we had to play, I would just hold my phone up to the microphone. It worked out really well. Okay, because I, I I want to just like have. Uh, like the the background, and then us fading in. That's a lot. Yeah, but um, yeah, no. Maybe I'll start doing that. Yeah, you don't get paid enough. Speaking of getting paid, head over to Patreon.com/slash Professional Casual. As little as one dollar get hot access to that hot Discord. But the three hundred one tier, that's where you want to be. That supports this show directly. Uh, gets money in our pockets. I got to pay off these headphones that I just bought. I finally got new headphones. Um, and you I know, Joey watching four get... movies in one review yeah joey joey can actually get paid for the amount of time and effort that he puts into the stupid show and i don't uh, care if i get paid i'm just here for fun yeah until we make it big in case i expect a check your boss (laughs) did tell me one time uh completely sober quote the amount of work that joey puts into this show it should it should have more views and i don't disagree with him so make sure you like subscribe share Tell a friend. I appreciate that. Yeah. That is, I think so, that also means you can just you can just do less. Like, like I expectations. Think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that I think we could just all lower our expectations and Joey could just do less work, but he won't. So pay him. I won't. I, I this is this is my like um This is your I life. Don't I don't this know. Is this is your only hobby. Anymore. Is, like, this, yeah. is this what keeps you so, spiraling into the void? Is that, is that what's happening right now, Joey? Maybe. Maybe. Probably. So Ron's just like, yeah, movie that we're gonna watch. man, I don't know. He just 
He just watches movies and then just comments on them. Uh-huh. Exactly. Uh, I got the easy job. We're going to watch. Yeah. Yes, you do. You, you got to count uh, boobs, v man. For That's kind of hard. That's true. Sometimes. Yeah. Depends on the boobs. We're going to watch V for Vendetta. Nice. I have not seen this movie in a long time. Actually, I didn't see it in theaters, and I think the last time I watched it was when I first watched it. So I'm looking I forward to it. I feel like we should have watched this a couple months ago. 100%. If you want, I can hold it until November. Do I wait? Fine. What I mean, what day does the fifth fall on? Uh, I check, but I'm using my calendar calculator calendar right now. Yeah, the fifth falls on a Tuesday. Ah, fuck. Well, sorry about the sorry about the hobby hour, but they're gonna have to uh, take a L so we can. <laughs> Um, so, fun fact. I have never I seen V for Vendetta. What? Okay. I've never seen V for Vendetta. Specifically because this falls in the category of this is probably a movie I would like, but I fucking hate the fans of this movie because they talk about, like, they make it their entire identity that this is their, like, favorite movie. Yes. And if I have to assume, I already make the assumption that the fans lost the point of this movie. Oh, 100%. Yeah, okay, that's what 100%. I... 100%. So it'll be very interesting to go watch this now and just see how connected people who claim that this is their favorite movie and what it represents has no idea what the point of this movie is. Oh, I'm looking forward to all that then. Yeah, it'll be very interesting yeah. for me to digest. So uh, next week, because we are going weekly with rundown yeah. reviews, basically all year long. Get to listen to our succulent uh, We're going to watch... V for Vendetta. So thank you all, and we will catch you next time. Bye. Later. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this show, check out all the other great shows here at the Professional Casual Network. Like what, Danny? I'll tell you. On Mondays, we've got the Lost Omens podcast, our Pathfinder 2E actual play, hosted by me, playing through the Extinction Curse AP. Also, streaming on twitch.tv slash professional casual network at 7 p.m. Eastern time, you can check out, oh yeah, the power phase, our Marvel Crisis Protocol live battle report show. On Tuesdays, the podcast version of, wait, did I roll a wild? Our Marvel Crisis Protocol Povlog is available. On Wednesdays, alternating releases on the Patreon, we have Settling the Southlands, our homebrew Wolforp actual play, and The Slithering, a Pathfinder 2nd edition actual play. And on Thursdays, live at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash professional casual network, we've got, wait, did I roll a wild? Our Marvel Crisis Protocol Povlog. You can also check out back episodes of Elite Eight Showdown and the first 39 episodes of the Lost Omens podcast, the first 24 episodes of Settling the Southlands, and the first handful of episodes of The Slithering on the YouTube at youtube.com slash the professional casual.